Aloha, Penn Nation. What's up, guys? You're now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. We're back this week with another great episode. I know you guys will enjoy it. This would be episode 82. And although this episode's a little shorter, we're going to try to bring you guys another one this week. So double shot for this week. I know you guys will be tuning in for that one as well. Tonight we have a couple of quick conversations and then we're going to wrap things up with one of our favorite guests. But before we get into tonight's guest list, you guys already know what's up. Your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. Bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. We are your premier source for all things mixed martial arts. Our team is always working hard, bringing you guys the most reliable information, the viral videos, lots of exclusive content as well. We've got a lot of cool editorial series on the horizon that should be coming out soon. Very exciting stuff. BJPenn.com, everything you crave from the sport you love, the fighter's voice, we have got you covered, guys. Now, as for tonight's lineup, as I mentioned, we have a couple of short conversations to the point, and then we wrap things up with one of our favorite guests. Kicking things off tonight, we are joined by one of the men featured in the main event at UFC Utica this weekend, this Friday, Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy returns to the show to help us preview this upcoming fight with Marlon Marias, discuss what's next, should he be victorious on Friday night, how this all fits together for the title picture, and as I mentioned, it was a short conversation. Jimmy was kind enough to give us his time on fight week, very busy for all these athletes, so we greatly appreciate it. Our second guest for this episode, set to compete at the opening round of the featherweight tournament for the Professional Fighters League on June 7th. Alexandre Capitao Almeida. We're going to preview this fight in the opening round with Alexandre. He's fighting Lee Covell. We'll talk about the matchup stylistically, what this opportunity means for not only Alexandre, but for all the athletes in mixed martial arts, his thoughts on this revolutionary format that is the PFL, how big of a deal it would be for Alexandre and his family to win that $1 million prize at the end of the season, and a whole lot more. First time having him on the show. Greatly appreciate his time. And big thank you to the guys over at Dominance MMA for setting up that interview for us. And closing out tonight's show, one of our most popular guests, a repeat offender on BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, good friend of BJPenn.com, the outspoken heel of heels, Colby Chaos Covington. With the biggest fight of Colby's career, UFC 225 right around the corner, just over a week away. We didn't want to bother him on fight week. As you heard me talk about before, it's very busy for these athletes. So we decided to get Colby this week. And as always, he came on, he dropped some heat, spit that fire. It's a great one. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So there you have it. That's tonight's guest list. We will have another show this week. We would have had Martin Nguyen on the show this week. However, we ran into a bit of a technical difficulty and we have to get on the line with him again, hopefully tomorrow, as well as a couple more interviews. And like I said, we will drop a second episode this week. So let's waste no more time. We'll jump right into it. Our first guest this evening, number four bantamweight in the world, taking on Marlon Marias this weekend at UFC Utica, El Terror himself, Jimmy Rivera. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Jimmy Rivera. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number four ranked bantamweight in the UFC who looks to solidify himself as the next challenger for the belt this weekend against Mar- Marlon Marias in Utica, El Terra himself, Jimmy Rivera. Greatly appreciate the time on what has to be a busy fight week, Jimmy. Uh, how is everything going so far, man? 
Uh, everything's going great. You know, I mean, we actually just visited the Utica Zoo and got to meet goats and hang out with them. Now we're just about on our way back to the hotel and hang out before uh, we start our weight cut. Sick, man, hanging out with some goats. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, they have a whole zoo here, so we enjoyed it. It was awesome. Awesome, man, awesome. So listen, we're just days removed from the fight. How was your camp? How were you feeling going into Friday? I'm feeling good. You know, everything went well in camp. I mean, I always, you know, you always have your ups and downs in camp, but and it came strong, feeling really good, looking forward to the fight. Awesome, man. Uh, I know you're excited to compete in New York State, and I, I think this card has a ton of potential, but it's been flying under the radar, man. Uh, do you think uh, the fact that falling in between UFC Liverpool and UFC 225, there could have been some more promotion for this event? Um, yeah, I always believe in, I always believe in that, um, that you can't never promote it not enough. I feel like they're doing a great job on social media promoting it and uh, pushing the fight. Um, it's, sorry, I'm at the zoo, you hear the background. No, no problem. Um, yeah, I, it's going great. I mean, uh, as, as far as everything being up here and doing everything, it's going really well and, uh, really happy with, so, with social media as being a big push. Um, I, you know, it was, it, they promoted it on the last UFC card, the fight night. Um, it would have been great to see some commercials, but I know they're really focused on their pay-per-views with their commercials and stuff like that. True, true, true. What's the buzz been like from the fans in Utica this week? Oh, they're great. I mean, we uh, we got some fans that came up. It's kind of hard because it's right after uh, Memorial Day weekend, so some people are still away. So, um, but everybody that we met so far, awesome. People are so nice up here, just having a blast, enjoying the scenery. Very good, very good. Now, in regards to the matchup, man, you know, Mar- Marlon said that he expects fireworks. Do you agree with him, or are you planning to dominate in this fight? Um, I, I mean... There's going to be fireworks. We're going to exchange as long as he's staying in the pocket. Um, it all depends on how the fight plays out. I, mean, I tell people all the time, you know, you can't really tell until the first round and see what happens during the first round, how the rest of the rounds are going to go. True, true. Now, you've discussed at length your detest for Marlon and, in particular, his manager, Ali Abdelaziz. Uh, that was the last time we spoke. But that being said, man, have you had any run-ins with Ali this week? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't at all. Um you know, Mar- I actually saw Marlon uh, when we had to go back and just uh, finalize uh, some stuff with our contract, and he was very cordial, very nice. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, uh, you know, his manager just, you know, being very disrespectful to uh, to myself and to my wife, really, to my wife when we were at UFC 218, and uh, haven't had to deal with him at all, um, though, and you know, Marlon and I are just looking forward to the fight because this could bring the number one contender for a title shot. So it sounds to me like regardless of all that stuff with Ali, you and you and uh, Marlon are, are on good terms now. Well, yeah, we're, we're going in there. We want to beat the shit out of each other. Then it's always respect afterwards. True, true. Regardless of that, though, you must be very happy to finally go out there and uh, take some of this anger towards uh, Ali out on Marlon on fight night. Oh, definitely. I can't wait. All right, man. Uh, listen, last time we spoke, uh, when we had you on the show, you also made it clear that you believe, you know, a win over Marlon does put you next in line for a shot at the belt. Has there been any updates on that? Does the UFC share that sentiment? You know, there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, you, again, you're never guaranteed anything, so we got to see how it plays out and how it goes and, and you know, and kind of go from there. I think it's really how the fight goes, to be honest, is whether it's a five-round five crazy fight, you know, thrown nonstop, or if it's a finish or a submission. I need that really, uh, it really depends on the performance in a way. Um, they want to put a set of fights on, obviously, so I want to go out there and put on a set of fights for the fans and, you know, get that title shot. 
Now with TJ and uh, Cody throwing down in August, do you think that the timetable for the title shot will line up nicely for you later this year? And what would be ideal for you? Um, you know, anytime this year, whether it's November or the last card of the year, December, any of that, any of that time would be great, to be honest with you. Has there been any discussion with you or your camp or the UFC about staying ready in case one of them gets injured? You know, assuming you come um, I, out of this fight healthy, of course. Yeah, of course. If I get, you know, I'm not looking past it, but if I get the win, um, there could be a possible, you know, step in because someone's hurt for the fight in August. So um, we actually discussed about, you know, staying ready and staying in shape just in case that happens. Cool, cool. Now, uh, who are you picking for that fight between TJ and Cody? Uh, I'm picking TJ. Uh, for that fight, I think he's going to get it done again. Now, between those two guys, who would you rather challenge for the title if you have any preference at all? No preference at all, as long as it's for the belt. Right. Well, I can say that, that based on my last conversation with TJ, you definitely are on his radar. Obviously, he really wants to avenge the loss to Cruz, but he knows that you two are going to be fighting soon enough. Yeah, for sure. Very good, very good. All right, Jimmy, I know you have uh, you don't have much time, and, and as I said, we greatly appreciate you agreeing to speak with us on Fight Week. In conclusion, man, tell all the fans out there why this is one they don't want to miss, and uh, tell us all how you see the fight ending. I mean, at the end of it, I can't tell you how the fight's going to end. It depends on, you know, how it goes, but they're going to see a exciting fight. We're going to go in there, and we're going to fight and put on a show. All right, man, looking forward to Friday, sir. Hopefully we can catch up after the big win. Uh, the floor is yours now, man. Uh, before we let you go, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs? Anything you think we missed? Yeah, you know, obviously thank you to my coaches, Team Tiger Showman, my management group, Balanji Group. Uh, you know, thanks to Eat Clean Bro and Tiger Fight Gear and Nutribile Supplements for getting me ready with everything. All right, cool. Again, man, looking forward to the fight. I hope you get the win. Uh, definitely going to be an exciting card up there in Utica. Thanks again, and best of luck on Friday. Thanks, man. appreciate it. All right, have a good one. You too. I can almost guarantee that you guys would not have expected a guy like Jimmy to be playing with goats in his spare time. Very funny stuff, very cool stuff from what should be the next title challenger should he get past Marlon Marias this weekend. Again, greatly appreciate Jimmy's time today. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. And make sure you tune in this Friday, UFC Utica. And make sure you guys tune in this Friday for UFC Utica. But let's keep it moving like we always do. Coming up next, our second guest tonight. Set to compete in the opening round of the Featherweight Tournament for the Professional Fighters League on June 7th. Former World Series of Fighting Champion, Alexandre Capital Almeida. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Alexandre Almeida. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the former World Series of Fighting Featherweight Champion who is set to compete at the inaugural Professional Fighters League Tournament on June 7th. Alexandre Capital Almeida. What's going on, Alexandre? Where are you calling us from today, man? Hey. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm good. Uh, everything okay? And I'm waiting for the tournament. I'm so excited. I can't wait for June 7th. Very good. Well, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Let's jump right into it, man. We're just 10 days out from the opening round of the inaugural PFL tournament, as I mentioned. How was your training camp been so far? My training camp is so good. I'm waiting. Just could wait now. So my training camp is very hard. I train hard every day for this tournament. I'm waiting. I mean... And my focus on this tournament for change my life 
I mean, I can't wait for show all my tournaments on the the cage. What can you tell us about your opponent, Lee Covell? And have you had a chance to study his game much leading up to this fight? Yeah, I saw a few fights from him on YouTube. He's a Muay Thai guy, kickboxer, four-time world champion. But he don't have a lot of experience on MMA. I saw only four fights on the Sherdog. So he had a lot of fights from kickboxing. So I'm so excited. So I mean, pretty hard for him on the stand up on the ground. But my my game plan is everybody knows that I mean Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. I have 13 fights in the first round of the submission. So I I can't wait for show him my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was. <laughs> of course, man. But listen, when you're training for a guy that's pretty much purely a striker, uh, is there anything in your camp that you're adjusting to make sure that you get that takedown and you're able to showcase some of that Brazilian jiu-jitsu? So, I, I train everything every day. I train jiu-jitsu, I train wrestling, I train boxing, Muay Thai. So, I can knock him out, I can take him down, I can pull him to guard. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Now, he's moving up from bantamweight to compete in the featherweight tournament. Do you expect the weight or the size to be a factor at all in this fight? I think so, too. He's the 145 is a different division. I mean, it's so big to him, but I don't know. He, if he may jump it to 145, I think he may wait for 145. I show him it's a different division. It must be pretty exciting to be a part of this revolutionary undertaking that the PFL is trying to accomplish here. Uh, if this format works out, it could be the future of mixed martial arts. Give us your thoughts on the format and what it means for the sport. Yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity for me. So we change the MMA now. I think it's a great future for MMA, PFL. I believe 100% they're going to change the MMA. Does the tournament format change training or game planning at all for you? No, no change nothing. All the same, they don't change nothing. They they give support us, but nothing changed much. The opportunity to win a million dollars is huge for MMA athletes, any MMA athlete for that matter, and this tournament takes out any politics of matchmaking. Uh, do you think that after this first season is successful, we should expect to see a lot more fighters joining the league? I think so. I think more fighting during the league after this first tournament because it's a great opportunity for Chandy all life. I think it's going to be changed for all fighters. They're going to try this season. They're going to try PFL. If they continue the tournament, it's going to be really good now, uh, for again, all fighters. What would winning the tournament and getting that million-dollar prize mean for you? Oh, man, this has changed my life. Is that, that's my goal for my family. I have to win this tournament. I mean, 100% on this tournament. I have to change my life, change the life of my family. That's my goal, man. Now, you're a guy who has competed against the World Series of Fighting champ, Lance Palmer, twice. Uh, you guys are one and one so far. Are you hoping to meet him again in the tournament? 
Yes, I think I met him again at the tournament. But now he's training the same gene that he's training here at the Extremical 2. But probably we're going to fight again but for $1 million. So I'm not sure how the bracket is set up, but it sounds to me like the ideal situation would be for you to fight him in the final. In the final, yes, I think so. That's pretty interesting, though. I was unaware that Lance had left Team Alpha Male. He's training at Extreme Couture now. Are you guys training together often? Yes. Now he's lived here in Las Vegas. He's training at the Extreme Seventeen. That's good. Not bad. Not It's not a problem for me. Right. He's a nice right. person. So you're cool with him being at the same gym as you? You guys are kind of just keeping your distance and uh, training separately for this tournament. Yeah, training each other for the tournament. He training himself, I train myself with my guys. We don't train together. Obviously, you can't look past Lee, uh, but aside from Lance, who else do you think has the best chances of making it into the playoffs and the subsequent final? In the tournament, I think Michael Galvão, former Bellator Bantamweight champion, and I think he, former World Series of Fight champion, Andre Harris. I think he's have a thoughts, guys. Getting back to this opening round on June 7th, are you excited to compete in New York City? Yes, I'm so excited for competing in New York City. It's one dream for every fighter competing at the Madison Square Garden. So that's my dream. I can't wait, man. And in conclusion, tell us how you visualize the fight playing out. What's your prediction if you have one? And how do you see this opening featherweight tournament going for you? Uh, I'm, I, I'm so excited, man, but I don't know. I don't know where the tournament going, but I'm waiting, you know. So that's hard for me to say to you. Right, I completely understand. You can't make a prediction, but you'll be looking for the submission against the striker if it presents itself, obviously. I can't say for you how I look, but I look for everything. Right. <laughs> knockout, everything. All right, very good. I only show you up on the cage. Oh, very Inside good. Inside the cage, I show you. <laughs> I can't tell you right now. <laughs> Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs you'd like to get in before we let you go? So I I, I want to say thank for you for support our fighters for show wise to the world. So I I have I, I want to say thank to my sponsorship from Brazil, Samel Hospital. I want to say thank for all my sponsorship from the United States for support me for this tournament. The BLT Foods and Nova Nutrition's. That's uh, thank you very much for your support. Thank for your interview, for show my work for everybody. Hey, absolutely, man. We are the fighters' voice for a reason. Uh, I enjoy speaking to all the guys, up and comers, legends, you name it. Love the sport and appreciate your time as well. Again, greatly appreciate your time today. Looking forward to the fight and all the excitement that this tournament has to offer. Hopefully we can catch up again after a big win. I hope you have a great day, man, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. You too, my man. Thank you very much. 
as I'm sure you guys have heard me discuss at length on this show, what the Professional Fighters League is doing over there with this tournament, with the playoff season, and the cash prizes at the end of the season, crowning a champion. Very revolutionary stuff. I do think that after the season, we're going to see a lot more fighters migrate over to the Professional Fighters League, and I'm very interested to see how not only this opening round, the first few opening rounds rather, but this entire season plays out. Very cool stuff from the guys over there. And big thank you to Alexandre for joining us tonight. We wish him the best of luck in his upcoming fight next week. Last but not least, the heel of heels. You guys have heard him on this show countless times. He always brings the heat, always has something to say. Very opinionated. Set to take on Rafael Dos Anjos at UFC 225 for the interim welterweight title on June 9th. Good friend of BJPenn.com radio. You guys know who I'm talking about. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Colby Chaos Covington. Penn Nation, the nerd basher has returned. Please welcome back good friend of BJ Penn Radio, Colby Chaos Covington. What's going on, Colby? How you doing today, man? Yo, what's up, Jason? Thanks for having me back on uh, the world's greatest show, uh, BJ Penn Radio. <laughs> Listen, man, we greatly appreciate that. As always, appreciate your time as well. Uh, it seems as of late you've been laying a little low with the media and, and doing interviews. I'm guessing that you're pretty focused on uh, getting ready for UFC 225. Yeah, you know, I'm just real focused on, uh, you know, getting ready to kick off Nerd Bash 2018. And and speaking of Nerd Bash, let's, let's establish what is Nerd Bash and who are the nerds. The nerds are all these Cheeto-eating nerds playing Fortnite and UFC Matchmaker in their mom's basement. They haven't accomplished shit with their pathetic lives, and all of them... I have an opinion on the internet. Nature used to weed out these beta nerds with survival of the fittest. Now they get safe spaces and participation trophies. Not anymore. I'm the alpha male that's been sent to rid the world of the nerds. Next nerd on my list is Ralphie Dos Nachos on June 9th in Chicago. Don't miss it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, man. I talk about it a lot on the show that I find uh, analysts and, and journalists. I understand everybody has an opinion, but... For those of us that have never had a cage fight, which is the majority of us, I feel like we really don't have room to be too critical of fighters like yourself. Yeah, that's that's kind of why the beef started with Joe Rogan. You know, his little his little mouth was trying to run, you know, and, and say things when he, he shouldn't have an opinion, dude. You've never been in an octagon. You don't have any experience fighting. Just because you do these little Taekwondo tournaments and you can't even get first place in those doesn't mean you can come talk to the king of chaos, a, a.k.a. the new welterweight king on June 9th. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, that was something I was going to get to in a bit, but I'll, but since you brought it up, I'll, I'll get to it now. Uh, you made a ton of headlines the last time we had you on the show. Uh, the biggest headline, of course, uh, was the response to Joe Rogan. He's gone on to clarify what he meant. He asked you to please not slap him. Uh, it sounds like maybe on your end that, that isn't squashed, though. I mean, it'll be squashed when he stops running his little mouth like his opinion matters. You know, his, his opinion's irrelevant. He thinks he has a say in everything. You know, he's a biased announcer as it is. He's so hyped up on whoever, you know, has got – if it's John Jones fight, you know, his balls are so far in his mouth that he's just going to be saying that anything John does, oh, my God, he's the greatest of all time, this and that. So, you know, I don't think the beef squash. You know, I got something to say to him, and, and I'm going to say something to him when I see him face-to-face in Chicago. All right, man. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Speaking of Chicago – uh, we're just over a week away from the biggest fight of your career, man. How has your camp been so far? How are you feeling right now? Oh, man, camp's been amazing. You know, I've been putting in a lot of cardio runs in the bedroom. 
you know, I got to make sure I finish off the Ralph Lito's nachos in the first round because, you know, I got to give 10 rounds to all my Midwest freaks in Chicago, you know, in the bedroom. So I've been praying hard. My cardio's up. I'm ready for five rounds. I know you've been on record talking about, you know, working on your cardio with all the hotties in South Florida. Uh, You've said that it's been a different chick for every day of the week, man. But as far as getting ready for RDA goes, who have you been working with uh, for this camp in the gym? Uh, my, my main training partners have been Dustin Poirier. You know, he's, uh, you know, there's not a higher level look for boxing and, and, and stand up striking than Dustin Poirier. I got to give much love to him. He's the next lightweight champ. And of course, you know, my best friend, Jorge Mospital, this the guy's always been with me every step of the way, you know, to give me knowledge, to, to always just be there as a good friend and, and help me improve on this journey. So, you know, and then my, my head coach, Mike Brown, you know, a lot of credit goes to him. He puts the game plans together and, and uh, we go out and execute. For sure, man. And in and, and a room full of killers, you guys only elevate each other. Uh, but I see I see a lot of people in the MMA community right now. They're kind of writing you off for this one, man. And they're going with Dos Anjos. What's your response to them? And, and tell us all why you're so confident about this matchup. You know, honestly, Jason, all the people that are writing me off are, are the same people that are going to be saying after I beat Rafi Dos Nachos that, oh, Dos Anjos was a lightweight, he's past his time, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've heard it before. You know, they said it before I fought Damian Maya. Oh, he's got no chance. They said it before, before I fought number six in the world, Dung Hum Kim in his backyard. Oh, Kobe's got no chance. You know, they've written me off every time. You know, what happens, though? Every time after I beat him, they have a new excuse. Oh, he was too old. Oh, it wasn't his night. Oh, this and that. I don't really care about what the MMA community thinks. I know what's going to happen, and that's me dunking my nuts on RDA's forehead in the middle of the United of the United Center. So again, as it has been throughout your career, it's uh, watch on fight night, and all your all your doubters will uh, will have their answer. Yeah, exactly. All the doubters, all the haters, all the people that have a, a relevant opinion from their mom's basement eating Cheetos, they're gonna be getting their Cheeto fingers dirty on their keyboards because they're gonna be fucking having the snowflake Armageddon after I melt RDA. <laughs> Now, listen, I know you uh, you don't respect or, or like the guy at all, but do you respect his skills as a fighter in regards to Rafael? Not really. You know, he's he's a juiced-up little lightweight. You know, he, he got melted by featherweights. So, you know, there's not really much to respect about the guy. The guy, he, he's not good at anything besides looking like a Frankenstein. <laughs> now, uh, you've been hunting for Woodley for over a year now. After you beat RDA and get the belt wrapped around your waist, are you confident that the UFC will make the fight with Tyron next? And uh, if so, do you think it'll happen before the end of the year? Yeah, it, there's there's definitely, you know, no way for him to weasel out anymore. You know, Woodley's already weaseled out as much as he could. We were supposed to fight, you know, on December 30th, and he turned it down. He said he was good to fight Nate Diaz with GSP, but as soon as the UFC o- o- offered him a real contender like myself, you know, he went running for the foothills like the little gossip bitch he is. He's too busy gossiping about the Kardashians on TMZ. So, you know, he's got nowhere to run, you know. This is for the undisputed title. Make no mistakes about it. Tyrone Woodley has a little fake belt, a little paper belt. So when I beat RDA, that's the undisputed title. And if he wants to come get some, he can say something. But, you know, I don't think he's got anything to say. I think he's going to run to Hollywood and hide from me forever. Now, UFC is two twenty. Uh, UFC 225 is a pretty stacked card, man. I wanted to get your opinion on the UFC's decision to move Overeem and Blades to the undercard in favor of CM Punk and Mike Jackson. Is that just a wise business decision from your perspective? 
yeah, you know, this this is the entertainment business, you know. No one cares. I don't even know who the second guy is. Everybody, I mean, I know who Alistair Overeem, but, you know, he's kind of coming to the end of his career. No disrespect to him. He's had a solid career, but, you know, he's over the hill now. And then whoever the other guy is, no one's ever heard of that guy before. So, you know, this is the entertainment and show business, you know. We, we do what puts fans in seats and, and what gets the fans talking. And, and seeing Puck's a draw, you know, people want to see him fight. Now, are you at all surprised about the amount of promotion for this card? You know, I personally feel like the UFC should be really pushing this one a bit more than they are. No, not really. You know, I don't expect the UFC to do anything for me or or any other fighters, man. I'm a self-promoter. I'm a self-marketer. I don't need the UFC to to do my light work. True. Fair enough. Fair enough. And regardless, any hardcore fan is going to know that this this card is definitely one to tune in for. But uh, changing gears here for a moment, man, you wasted no time to blast... Fabricio Verdum after he was flagged by USADA. What did you make of that whole situation, and do you believe his uh, claim to innocence? No, I wasn't surprised by the filthy animal's actions. You know, that he just condoned himself like, you know, I said he would condone himself. He's a filthy animal. He, you know, he's a cheap, cheap shotter. So, you know, the guy was on a steroid uh, road rage in, in uh, Australia when he was throwing a boomerang at me, and I, I, I could see the road rage in his eyes when he was ah, trying to kill me. So, you know, I knew he was on roids for a long time. It's just it's just a matter of time until justice caught up to him. So you think, I mean, so many fighters after they get popped, they claim, uh, you know, uh, bad tests, uh, bad supplements, something like that. Do you think he's going to be vindicated at all, or you're expecting this to to uh, to play out like he, he was taking something that, that that's banned? No, 100%. You know, his career is done. You know, he's already... 41 years old in his little rocker chair as it is so Fabricio Werdum's career is done he's going to get a two-year ban and be done so you know I don't know if he's even woken up from that knockout loss he took to to that Russian dude in, in London a couple months ago so he's probably still sleeping for that I'm surprised they were able to get a sample from him but you know that's it's funny how every guy that gets popped oh it's a tainted something oh it's this every, no one's ever came out and said yeah I did it of course he's going to try and get his lawyers and his manager to you know, create some fake news. Now, speaking, you mentioned London there. Uh, some, uh, in regards to UFC Liverpool, you wasted no time trashing Darren Till as well uh, for his missed weight against Wonderboy. Are you surprised that Wonderboy agreed to take the fight after he was so heavy? No, I'm not surprised, you know. Uh, the thing is, this is the fight business. You know, you don't get paid unless you fight. So he went all, all the way over there to London to fight, or Liverpool to fight. So, you know, you got to fight, you know, you got to actually, he got compensated, I'm sure, pretty well. I, I'm pretty sure behind the scenes they, they made some agreements where he got a little bit more money. So, you know, you're a fighter, you know, fighters fight. So, you know, if Rafael Dos Anjos misses weight or whoever I fight misses weight, I'm, I'm going to go out there and fight. But, you know, Till needs to lay off the cake. What did you make of that fight anyway? Did Wonderboy get robbed in your opinion? Yeah, Wonderboy definitely got robbed as much as, you know, I don't really like Choir Boy. He's, he's a boring fighter. He just runs back and tries to point fight guys. But he definitely won that. He landed more significant strikes. You know, he was a lot more efficient with his strikes. And, and you know, he just did a lot more. You know, he got he took the knock, knockdown in the fifth. But, you know, that doesn't really – the one through four rounds I thought were his. So, you know, it's, it's home cooking. You know, of course, uh, in, in London and Liverpool, you, in the U.K., those judges are cooking. Did you guys not see the Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva fight? Michael Bisping got the shit beat out of him in London, but the U.K. judges gave it to him. So, you know, that's just home court favoritism, and, that, and that's what you get when you go to a guy's backyard. Yeah, you know, I saw a statistic the other day. Uh, everybody's talking about Bisping's 
uh, retirement, I saw a statistic that he has never lost in the UK once. Yeah, it's, it's not possible for a UK fighter to lose in the UK if it goes to judges' scorecards. This is, those guys are completely crooked over there, and the fix is in every time. Now, uh, in regards to UFC 225, uh, another another big fight on that card is obviously the main event. You've said on the show that you have plans to, to challenge for middleweight and the lightweight titles. I know Yoel is a teammate of yours, but I'm wondering how closely will you be watching that fight? And uh, what do you think of the matchup uh, between Yoel and Robert in the rematch? Do you think Yoel will be able to get it done? I think it's a great matchup. You know, I think Yoel has all the tools to, to put uh, Whitaker away. You know, he won those first two rounds in the first fight. So it's going to be a very competitive fight. And, and I don't know what to expect. You know, what will we see from Whitaker coming back from injury? He may, he may not be the same from his injury. So, you know, Yoel just looked on fire. He just knocked out uh, Rockwood. So I'll definitely have my eyes on that. You know, I'm not going to go up and challenge Romero because he's my teammate and I like the guy. But uh, if Whitaker wins, I'll definitely be looking to go up and uh, knock him out just like Wireboy did. All right, Kobe, listen, man, as always, you've been more than generous with your time. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, getting back to the your own fight, what's the heel of heels prediction for this fight? How do you think it all plays out against RDA? Uh, the heel of heel predi- prediction is, you know, the first round, I'm going to have to feel him out, you know, kick the steroids out of him, beat the steroids out of him. The second round, he will melt, and I, and I will finish him in the second round. He's, he's going to get knocked out. He's going to be unconscious. He's going to be motionless in that octagon. And I'm getting 10 pounds of gold wrapped around my waist. I'm going to my private jet back to South Beach to all my beautiful women. <laughs> now, speaking of getting on a private jet back to South Beach, I'm wondering, did you have any plans for a vacation or anything after you become the champ? Uh, yeah, I'm def- I'm going out to Hawaii the week after I'm champ, and then uh, I'll be in Vegas for the World Series of Poker, playing in the World Series of Poker main event, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a nice little tour. Wow, man, really? Are you, are, you, uh, are you a big poker guy, or is this just something you're doing, uh, doing for fun and promotion? Yeah, no, I'm, this has nothing to do with promotion. This is I'm, I love playing poker. You know, I want to be the first two-sport uh, world champion in poker and, and fighting and eventually pro wrestling and WWE three-sport world champion. But first things first, we got the UFC, and then and then I'm going out for the poker main event. I love playing Texas Hold'em. I love playing tournaments and big cash games, high-stakes ca- cash games. So, you know, I look forward to getting out to Las Vegas and winning some money. Yeah, you know what? That reminds me. I, I remember having a conversation. It was either with you or Masvidal talking about how much you guys play cards, and I was trying to get one of you to admit who wins most. Uh, <laughs> but, no, that, that's pretty cool, man. So hopefully you can stack up some cash at UFC 225 and then go turn that into a bunch more. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm, I'm free rolling in Vegas. I'm going to have a big pocket full of cash after UFC 225. So speaking of pocket full of cash, I might have to use some of that to put uh, RDA in a bubble wrap. we got to make sure he makes it to June 9th. I uh, can't be have him getting hurt like he did against McGregor. Yeah, that would be a bummer, man. I mean, since you bring it up, what, what would be the situation if that was to happen? Would you take a fight, last-minute replacement? Yeah, of course. I'm a fight. I'm a fighter, man. I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, I've been putting serious cardio rounds in the bedroom, so I'm ready for anybody, whoever they put in front of me. If they want to put that dude that's got the marbles in his mouth there and tail in front of me, then, you know, so be it. You know, I'll, I'll end his hype in a hurry. All right, man. You talked about what the rest of 2018 is looking like in regards to right after uh, UFC 225, but for the Nerd Bash Tour, man, do you think you unify the belts against Woodley before the end of the year? Yeah, 100%. You know, Woodley's got nowhere nowhere else to hide. We're going to unify those belts. My undisputed title against his little paper championship. So, 
you know, hopefully by uh, September or so we'll be unifying those belts. But uh, we'll have to see. You know, he's, he makes a lot of excuses all the time, and he's a little crybaby. So who knows when, when we'll uh, unify him. But I hope we do it before the end of the year. All right, cool, man. And in, in conclusion, my friend, tell all the fans and the haters out there why they don't want to miss out on UFC 225. You don't want to miss out because it's going to be the biggest day of your life. All you little virgins and nerds out there, you guys are going to be crying. All you nerds and virgins, if you want to earn some money, go to the stock market and invest in Kleenex because there's going to be a lot of Kleenex needed on June 9th when I finish Rafi Dos Nachos. (laughs) All right, brother. Any shout-outs or uh, sponsor plugs you want to get in before we let you go? Yeah, big shout out to Dr. Patty's uh, Dental Boutique in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, hooking your boy up with some pearly whites so I can be smiling at all these haters because my haters are all virgins. So, you know, and, and big shout out to to uh, Miley Restaurant in uh, St. Louis, even though they don't want to sponsor me anymore because uh, Tyrone Woodley cried to him and, and told him not to sponsor me. I still got a lot of love for uh, Quee Tran and Miley. So big, uh- big, big ups to them. All right, again, Kobe, it's been awesome to be along for this ride so far. We greatly appreciate you always coming on the show with us. I'm very much looking forward to the fight. Hopefully we can catch up after you capture gold on June 9th. Uh, Greatly appreciate the time today, man. Much love, my brother. I'll catch up with you soon. All right, buddy. Peace out. All right, man. All right, there you have it, folks. Kobe coming in, dropping bombs like always. Greatly appreciate his time. Like I said, we wanted to get him this week because you can bet that he's going to have a ton of media obligations next week. All right, folks, there you have it. The heel of heels, Colby Chaos Covington, always comes in dropping bombs. Nobody's safe. We greatly appreciate his time and loyalty to this show. Figured we'd get him this week rather than next week. He's going to have a ton of media obligations. Either way, we're certainly looking forward to the fight. Very important matchup for the welterweight division, and it is guaranteed to be incredibly entertaining. So as I said earlier, this episode is a little shorter than most, but we will have another show this week. I greatly appreciate all you guys coming out to listen. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Make sure you guys bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on the sport you love in mixed martial arts. On behalf of the entire Scrap Squad at Team Pen, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, signing off for another week, or a few days rather. Hope to catch you on the flip side. Mahalo to all of our guests. Thank you all for tuning in. Peace out, everybody.